Hi, this is Marion Nessel. I'm the Paulette Goddard Professor of Nutrition Food Studies and Public Health at New York University and a longtime fan of Heritage Radio. Like Marion, you too can support Heritage Radio Network, a member-based nonprofit radio station operating out of Bushwick, Brooklyn. I've been on it countless times. I love being interviewed. The interviewers are always really well prepared and fun to talk to about the issues that matter to me the most, uh, about how we can change our food system to one that's healthier for people and the environment. It's just invaluable to have an independent radio station that's dealing with these issues. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful asset. Support Heritage Radio Network by becoming a member today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. Um, to talk about some trending uh, topics and news bites from the last couple of weeks or so, uh, there's been a lot of discussion and sort of a moving of the dial of um, regulations and recommendations about health. Um, so the FDA, we talked a few weeks ago, is redefining or trying to redefine the word natural um, and also uh, there's been a lot of crackdown on sugar, added sugars in foods that the FDA is working towards. Um, and just a couple of weeks ago, uh, the First Lady and the Obama administration announced new um, new recommendation levels for sodium, um, you know, speaking to the increasing uh, dangers of sodium and, uh, and how much it is sort of perhaps overrepresented in a lot of processed foods. So... I'm speaking with a really great chef and expert, and um, she has actually um, studied at Le Cordon Bleu in Paris, and she has written, along with her co-chef, over 1,500 recipes for Plated, which has been around since 2012. Um, she is the culinary director at Plated, uh, Alana Karp. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So I'm curious about how these regulations, these recommendations, these sort of moving target, uh, you know, ideals about food and uh, what, what all goes into it and, and what's harmful. How much that does that really play into recipe development in your end? Um, or does it? I mean, so it's really hard to keep track of, but um, when designing, let's say, the ideal week's worth of menus or recipes, um, do you think about these things or do you try to kind of keep on top? Yeah, so... You know, we definitely listen to what's going on in the news and the government to make sure that 
you know, we have a good sense of the trends in food. But mm-hmm. at Plated, our goal is really to just get people to cook more. Mm-hmm. And so we ship ingredients and recipes so that every meal is cooked from scratch at home. And we find that by doing that, you sort of naturally avoid all of these things that the yeah, government is now exactly. saying. Um, so Canned food. Exactly. And so, forth. so by cooking from scratch, you're avoiding added sugar, you're avoiding added sodium, you're avoiding pretty much all processed foods. And as a result, even if you're having, um, you know, something that seems decadent like macaroni and cheese or even a burger, because you're making it from scratch, um, it's just naturally that right. much healthier. So these sodium limitations really, really apply a lot to fast foods. And I think that there is, and I'm really glad you brought that up, because I think that people start to worry about their home cooking and it's... I mean, you can always look at these things as you're cooking and judge, and you're like, oh, am I using too much? Uh, whereas when you're hands-off, right? You, I mean, maybe the fast food chains will have that little nutritional information um, available, but not all restaurants, of course, as we know, do. Right. Um, so it's really hard to just be hands-on and, and uh, aware of what's in everything. Right, absolutely. When you're cooking dinner for yourself, you decide everything that goes in it. So if there's something you want to eliminate, you eliminate it, and it's not an issue. So let's just say to home cooks, don't panic <laughs> yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for now, um, and keep an eye you know, on sodium levels and, and the things that you can, um, given their labels and so forth. Exactly. But um, So I, I imagine a lot of people who join Plated... Um, and maybe you guys have feedback on this, but want, they want to have a healthier lifestyle. It's not just about the recreation of cooking, which is, I don't know, what, would you say there's a breakdown of like what percent want it for fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, date nights or something? Like, yeah. Or health? Um, nutrition? I think it's inter- that's a really interesting question. I think people come to Plated for the health and convenience. So mm-hmm. they say, I want to cook more. I don't have the time. I don't know how to find recipes or figure out what to make. And so Plated is solving that problem. And then once they try it, it sort of flips and those things just become a given with the product and the experience of cooking and the enjoyment and connectedness hmm. of the people you cook for and with becomes the premium value. And why do you think, okay, so what do you think, in your opinion, I mean, it's tough because you're a chef, but what do you think is the best thing about someone taking up cooking? Or what do you think is the best thing about cooking? Um, I think it's just an incredible life skill just to start. Survival skill, uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it really allows you to connect in a way that you really can't through any other type of meal. So mm-hmm. when you prepare something, you're really... You often get to do it with someone else, and even if you don't, you get to share the meal at the end with someone else, and that experience and opportunity to connect with each other Mm -hmm. um, and your greater environment by holding that tomato that came from a a farm somewhere or even the farmer's market is just an experience that connects you to the greater world and and the person at the table with you. Yeah. I'm curious because I guess we should back up and mention the Plated Cookbook and Plated (laughs) are, um, it it is a service for recipes that are delivered with all the ingredients. So you can cook them, but you have the convenience of them all being in one bundle. But um, so I'm curious because I'm, you know, I learned to cook not through this way, right? And so did you, Um, you know, I'm in my 30s. Like, so I wonder if somebody comes into this cooking, I guess, space through this 
vehicle, um, <laughs> like what happens next? Um, how do you see Plated's role in somebody's cooking evolution? Is it the end all be all? Or um, I think we have the opportunity to really grow with our customers. So like I said, you sort of arrive at Plated because you want a healthier dinner on the table quickly, or you just need the convenience of being able to cook even though you don't get home till late. Um, but the value changes over time. Yeah. So we actually had one customer share this amazing story with us about how she's been using it for three years. She's been with us you okay. know, since almost since the beginning. The beginning. Yeah. And she cooks it for her family and her son just went off to college and she sent him with some of the plated recipes that she saved over time. And what we realized, which was so cool, is that, you know, when you grow up and you leave home, most people take their mom's recipes with them, like my mom's chicken with apricots. Oh my God, that's true. But this kid is taking, his mom's recipes are plated recipes, and that's what he's taking with him to school. And we just felt like that was such a cool thing that we get to be part of these people's lives in such a meaningful and long-term real way. Nice. Well, I asked because you guys just published a cookbook, and it's beautiful. It is called... Thank you. The plated, or just plated, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, weeknight dinners, week weekend feasts, and everything in between. So I'm curious if this is sort of like the next level for people who are users. and uh, Because the recipes in it, while there's also weeknight, weekend, feasting, friendly, <laughs> um, they're not all from plated recipes that you've developed for the service. So, in fact, you said there's only, like, two that are... Um, a couple. Okay. Yeah, more, a little more than two. I don't know exactly how many. Just a few a few top favorite, you know, recipes from over the years. Yeah, that's interesting. So what inspired you guys to do this book? Well, you know, we've learned a ton from customers about what types... So, to back up, our customers the kind of person that really aspires to cook more but doesn't have the tools to do that. And so... Over the years, we've really learned from our customers what types of recipes and dishes work for them and what don't. Okay. And at Plated, we're really focused on this core product of this weeknight dinner, and that's we're just trying to be great at that right now. Mm-hmm. And so we saw the book as an opportunity to use those learnings um, and expand beyond weeknight dinners to other ways to support our customers on the weekend or on a week where they're on vacation or, you know... Uh, a million different ways how to stock their pantry and all these different tools to keep in their in mm-hmm. their kitchen cabinet so to speak um to support their cooking even on nights when they're not ordering plated cool yeah because plated is what three or four days well you i guess you can decide how many days a week you, yeah. you get it but um yeah my first thought though i have to say and i'm sure you've heard this before but like so if i get this cookbook from plated can i just run away from the service and just go off on my merry way making you know my own recipes rogue with <laughs> like yeah i think um sure that's that's definitely an, an, a possibility but oh, yeah. we believe that uh our service has a lot more value than just a recipe Mm -hmm. and so we're not worried that you're going to buy this and never order again we're we're actually hopeful that you buy the book use it and order with us and that they sort of complement each other yeah it's an interesting space and certainly like you know in this day and age so many i mean almost all the cookbooks that i see well maybe a good like 50 percent of them are from a restaurant so like roberta's for instance which we're at Mm -hmm. right now um they're there's they're having you know they have their own cookbooks and 
one would think logically that, you know, oh my God, they're giving away all their secrets and nobody ever has to go to their restaurant anymore. But it's really not that case. Right. um, I I just thought that was interesting to bring up and uh, to see if... uh, if you guys were scared about that potentially <laughs> happening. <laughs> um, Alana, we're going to cut to a quick little commercial interlude, but we'll chat much more when, right when we're back. The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. All right, we're back chatting with Alana Karp, who is the co-author of Plated, and as well as the culinary director of Plated, the meal subscription service. Um, so this is fascinating to talk to you because I'm sure you have so many insights gathered from feedback about just just uh, you know people's you know everyday habits and attitudes towards cooking and and what's changed. So in the three years you've been at Plated and you know you've been there since the beginning, um, what surprised you or what changes have you seen around? people's cooking habits or attitudes? So I think one of the things that surprises me most is we don't have a a huge, strictly vegetarian um, customer base. Mm -hmm. However, we find that almost all of our customers are ordering vegetarian dinners at least once or twice a week. And so I think that just shows a very interesting shift and, and in, in eating behavior and also the feedback that we get from customers. Wait, sorry, can I ask yeah. a question? Is it the same price if you get the... It is, the, yeah. Oh my God, so that's interesting, right? Yeah, you right. Think that, that it's not necessarily... Right. Yeah, they think of value, it's like the meat. But, <laughs> anyway. but what we learn is, or what we hear from customers is that they never knew how to cook vegetables in a delicious way. Mm-hmm. And so they never thought to eat vegetarian until they tried mm. doing it with plated. So they're learning wow. how to prepare vegetables and make them into satisfying dinners, which is obviously, you know, a super healthy behavior to develop. And um, it's just a very exciting trend that we're mm-hmm. seeing. And what about seafood? Because that's one thing I hear from readers of all kinds of food media that, you know, that there's squeamishness about it or... They don't know how to source it, yeah. which is solved, I guess, by, by plated. But um, do you see more people cooking seafood thanks to the kids? We do, actually. And that's another thing that people, are, I think, are just afraid to try on their own, that fish seems intimidating and people just don't know how to prepare it. And so, again, we see, I'm, I'm forgetting what the actual statistic is, but percentages higher from our population are cooking and eating fish on a weekly basis than in the rest of, mm-hmm. of the United States, which which I just find That's to be fascinating. fascinating. So do these things help inform your recipe creation going forward? So you have like, um, you know, more vegetarian options because, hey, they're eating it up. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we first started, we only had vegetarian options occasionally. We didn't really know exactly who our customer was at the beginning, and we were still trying to figure it out. And from our learnings, we now have three every week. Mm-hmm. So there's like a great option to choose which ones you want to add to your box. If you do, you don't have to. Obviously, it's all based on choice. And we always have steak and chicken and fish as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that balance in the mix and people's ability to create their own custom box wow, uh, really resonates. That's really fascinating um, because you guys are around the country now, right? <laughs> so you're in every region. 
Um, so it's really hard to gauge, you know, you, you guys are one meal script uh, service that does not have a certain niche. Like it's not, uh, would you say it's not niche? Like a, like a purple carrot, right? It's right, it's vegan. vegan, yeah. So would you say that there there is a... I don't know, you're trying to have a niche for the cuisine um, I as think, a culinary director? I think we think of it as, as a little more premium, which is sort of like a fuzzy word, but that, okay. the, that the dishes are more like those that you might find in a restaurant and never gotcha. think you could prepare on your own mm-hmm. versus just things that are sort of basic. Okay, so so with that kind of uh, concentra- or focus, this really um, applies to just a wide swath of people, yeah. right? And it's interesting to see... Uh, what kinds of feedback. So I don't know. Uh, what else, um, you know, what else have you heard from, from the, from just everyday consumers and, and what has changed in the, in the process? So one thing we've really learned also over the, over the past few years is people's desire to eat the way they want to eat and when they want to eat. So Sounds sort of Uh-oh. general, but it sounds like <laughs> logistics nightmare. Well, no, no? Okay. I, I just mean I actually mean it as it as it pertains to the book. Okay. Um, yeah, in that time is a really big thing for people. So they get home from work late and they want dinner on the table quickly, or they want to be spending time with their family and they don't want to be sitting in the kitchen all day. And so the book is actually organized around how much time you want to spend in the kitchen. Mm, um, the other piece is people wanting to eat the way they want in that you know, they don't like this vegetable and they never want to eat it, or they really love this type of sauce and they want to put it on everything. And so the core chapter of the book is actually designed around customizing every recipe by the season and the produce that fits your taste. So each recipe has a core version with four different versions that you can swap out based on what's available and what you like. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really allows people to follow a recipe but also make it their own and which is something that we know um our customers and and many more people around the country really love so in the in the section called make ahead for instance you have a two-hour bolognese Mm -hmm. so very very conscious of the timing exactly yeah um i i love that um there's so many classics in this book that um and also, as you're saying, like kind of restaurant classics too. So you have the buttermilk brine fried chicken, mm-hmm. and you also have the pork shoyu ramen to show you that you know you don't have to uh, go out to eat. I did not mean to do a shoyu kind of like pun right there. That's awesome. <laughs> I love food puns, so <laughs> keep them coming. Or whatever you call that, whatever happened there, <laughs> it was pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> So um, what is your favorite recipe as of now? So we also have a chapter called Great for Leftovers. And it's my favorite chapter and my favorite recipe happens to be in that chapter. Mm -hmm. And what it is is you make a big batch of food the first day. You Mm -hmm. set aside half. And the next day you add one or two ingredients and turn it into something totally different. So what we have in that chapter that's my favorite is this marinated steak salad with with tomatoes and herbs. Cool. And you set aside half and you add some flatbread and Greek yogurt and you turn it into a gyro the next day. And I just think that simple transformation and ability to recreate, reinvent leftovers is, we call it a culinary magic trick. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think it's something that really fits a need for people. Cool. So Alana, I have to say, because you develop recipes like every day, like how many recipes per day? Like 80 or something? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We, um, we do 11 a week. So oh yeah, that's a lot. It's so a how lot. do you stay? What is your chef tip for staying inspired and uh, yeah, creating? Um, I think it's important to just be out there. So mm-hmm. 
going to restaurants, reading cookbooks, reading magazines, traveling. I find, you know, I, I went to Vietnam two years ago there at this you go. point. That should help. And it's still <laughs> inspiring me. I mm-hmm. think I think travel is probably like the most um, influential thing in, in cooking for me, at least. Cool. What do you think is like the next cuisine that's going to blow up? Ooh, it's a really good question. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we've seen a lot of Southeast Asian influence, right? Yeah. As you mentioned. Um, fish sauce is being thrown around with, a, with abandon. I like it. <laughs> um, okay. So not sure yet. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, I'll think about okay. it. I'll get back to you on that okay, one. Okay. <laughs> got it. What, what's, what are you cooking up this week just for yourself? Or do you get to? Yeah, I do. Yeah? Um, right now, just since it's summer or beginning of summer, I'm just really into simple proteins and lots of fresh vegetables yeah. so like roast chicken with all the vegetables i can find at the farmer's market is pretty much my dream dinner you don't mind roasting chicken in this uh in the summer i do it on the stove top like a pan roasted breast so whoa oh i see what you mean yeah like, yeah just yeah. take the whole breast and yeah uh, sear it sear it and then, and then like yeah just no, no oven though at all Mm-mm. whoa okay yeah, I guess that works. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to copy you, actually. That sounds great. Because like, I need to satisfy the craving without turning my oven on in my yes. little New York City apartment. Oh, so. so you get the pan roasted effect. Yeah. I might have to copy that. Do it. It's in the book. <laughs> Terrific. Um, well, I hope everyone checks out the plated cookbook, Just Out from Clarkson Potter. And that's about all the time we have today. But thank you so much for joining us today, Alana. It's been a delight to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Cool. And everyone, um, check out plated.com and uh, we'll see you next week on Eat Your Words. Heritage Radio Network is a member-supported nonprofit organization broadcasting over 30 live shows a week. To learn more and donate, visit our website or connect with us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram for more. Thanks for listening.